healing part too. God is faithful. Pastor put 20 to, 20B. If you remember about, I'm going to go back a minute. What you say will make a difference. And then 20B was, don't hold grudges, be kind to one another, no murmuring or complaining, no murmuring and complaining. That's a big one. And stay out of strife. Hallelujah. Don't hold grudges. Be kind one to another. No murmuring and complaining and stay out of strife. If you can do that, your prayer will, will or the things you desire will come to you so much faster. But the minute we murmur, complain, we hold grudges, we're not kind to one another, and we get into strife, that just slows everything down. So, praise God, we don't want to be a part of that camp, right? <laughs> okay, if someone can turn this heater behind me up a little. Number 21 was, believe you will receive. Mark eleven twenty four through 26. 22, let's turn to 22. It was plead your case to God. Isaiah 43, 25, and 26. Isaiah 43, 25, and 26. Plead your case to God. I'm not used to doing that, but I will get used to it, to repeating it. <laughs> it's funny how when you get used to hearing one person and then another person comes up and it's it's different. Amen. I'm gonna get this eyelash out of there from crying. Okay. Isaiah forty three twenty four through twenty six. Thou hast not brought me the small cattle of, of thy burnt offering, neither hast thou honored me with the sacrifices I have not chosen to serve thee with an offering, nor weary thee with incense. Thou hast... Am I in the right spot? 25, I'm sorry. I, even I, verse 25 hath blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake. You know, so many times we, we look at things and we look at, well, we think about, God, I missed it. And yet, he blotted all those things out. And when we do sin, and we stand on 1 John 1, 9, there's no account of it, none. So he says, I have blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Okay. 
And then we went on down, have someone lay hands on you for your healing. And we'll do that after we've heard the word this morning. Mark 6, 8, 16, 18. Worship God was John 9, 31. And let's turn to that one again. It is important to worship God. And, you know, so many times, almost all the time, we, we make a prayer request and God answers it. Don't forget to thank him. The minute he answers it, you know, thank him before, but when the manifestation comes, don't forget to thank him. It's very important. Okay, John 9, 31. So I make it a point, even on the little tiny things that we ask, we get so busy sometimes. How many do something and... The person doesn't say thank you or please or whatever. And after a point, your flesh wants to feel like you've been used. We all understand what I'm saying here. And um, thank God for, seriously, if it's used correctly, texting. Because we can always say thank you to a person or... Send them a note really quick or tell them how we feel. You know, many times God will put something on your heart. If it blesses the person, if you get a thought and it's, and it's something that's going to bless a person, it's from God and most likely it's called intercession. You're picking up something that they're, they're going through. Just text it to them. Just say, I felt, I felt to text you this. So this is worship God in John 9, 31. Someone that did that recently for me, and it was such a blessing. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and a worshiper of him and does his will, he listens to him. So if you're a worshiper of God and you're doing his will, he listens to you. That's a guarantee. That's a promise. That's a powerful promise. All right. We're starting off where we left off on verse 20 or number 25. God wants to heal you. The devil wants to kill you. How many know that? The devil wants to kill you. He didn't like you. He wants to take you out. But Jesus said, I come to give life and life abundantly. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give life and life more abundantly. I'll take the life, thank you, and the abundant life. 26. You are redeemed from the curse. You are redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13.
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on you, on the Gentiles, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Let's go up to verse um, 8 a minute. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. Hallelujah. In him, in Jesus, shall all the nations be blessed. <clears throat> and we see that Jesus became a curse for us. When we, when we were singing these songs this morning, you can't help but stop and think about Jesus paying the price, having every sin in the world that anybody ever, any, any person ever sinned put on him. He carried every sin and then to go to hell for us. You know, here we are, here he is on the cross. I, I always think about this and he's got the two on either side of him and they're arguing. They're sitting there having this conversation and Jesus is going through such agony and he looks at the one who believes, who believes on him while on the cross and said, today you will be in paradise with me. Today you will be in paradise with me. That's powerful. I mean, who would hang on the cross and sit there and argue? Thank God we serve a risen Savior. You're redeemed from the curse. Declare daily, I am free from the curse. I have liberty. We need to declare it. I am free from the curse. I have liberty. I walk in liberty. Number 27, you will not waver in your faith. You will not waver in your faith. This is something you might want to confess. When situation and circumstances come your way that look impossible, we need to stand in the very face of the enemy and say, I will not waver in my, face in the in my faith in the name of Jesus. We've got to get that, that mindset. No matter what it looks like, no matter who says what, we have to make a stand. I will not waver in my faith. Even if you're on the ground crawling, I will not waver in my faith. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. Don't ever give up. Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23, bless you. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified first. So let us seize. 
Well, let's go up uh, to 22. Let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith by the, that learning, leaning, I'm sorry, of the entire human personality of God, on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power. Leaning on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word. I'm going to read it out of the um, King James. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful. He who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. So that's how important the word is. You know, so many Christians, I hate to say this, don't know the word. And if you were to ask most Christians, well, if they asked you to pray for them, what scripture are you standing on? They couldn't give it to you. I know because I've asked, okay? But every one of you in here, I'm almost positive, could give me a scripture for what you're standing on, or I certainly hope. Because if you're standing on something and it's that important, then you need to have that, the word of God backing you. Because his word will never fail. No matter what, no, no matter how long it takes, no matter what, his word will not fail. Okay. So you will not waver in your faith. 28, you have... Did I just do the wrong one? Nope, we're doing this. We're right. You have confidence in God and his word. You can have confidence in God and his word. Hebrews 10.35 Do not, therefore, I'm this amplified, fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries great and glorious compensation. I'm sorry. Wow. Great and glorious compensation of reward. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of the word. I have an eyelash in one eye, and they put my, the line on my glasses too high, so just hang on here with me. We got it. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. So confidence, does anybody have your, where you can look that up in the, um, Terry, do you have your phone? I'll let you do that. What is confidence? We can't cast our confidence away. 
God, you know, this is, this is something, there's so many things that we have to, when you read the word of God and you're really sitting down and you've prayed and you're expecting to hear from the voice of God, things will just pop out of you. Words will pop out of a scripture. And when those things happen, God wants you to remember that word. That's called the rhema of the word. God, God has that for you, and he wants you to remember and look it up. What does it mean? Do you have it there? Thank you. Okay. Confidence. Thank you. The feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Firm trust. Truth, belief, faith, credence, conviction. The state of feeling certain about the truth of something. You know that you know that you know. It's not possible to say with confidence how much of the increase the sea levels are due to... Oh, we won't even go there. Okay, the next one. A, self, a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities and qualities. Well, that's not one, but the feeling or... or that's not one we want. The, the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, a firm trust. Praise God. The state or feeling certain about the truth of something. Thanks, Terry. I appreciate it. So here it says, to, he says to us, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without waver, for he is faithful who has promised. Cast not away thy, therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward do not therefore fling away or fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward don't allow your confidence don't fling it away hang on to that do you see see how important that is i have confidence that god will complete the thing that he has begun no matter what it looks like. And you will always have a voice or someone, a person or whatever that will tell you it's not going to happen. It's impossible. But my Bible says with God, nothing's impossible with God and all things are possible with God. The things impossible with man are possible with God. Okay. 29. You can find strength in God and his word. Joel 3.10, you can find strength in God and his word. Joel 3.10. Excuse me. Come on, Joel. All right. Beat your beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears. 
Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. If you ever felt weak, you need to say, I am strong. You know, when you have symptoms and your body feels weak, you need to say, I am strong. Let's go over here to, um, this is not one of them, to Joel 2. This is a freebie. Let's go to Joel 2, 21. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Do you believe that? That the Lord is going to do great things in our land? Doesn't matter what all the doomsday sayers and whatever. Be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for your pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he shall cause to come down upon you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the, and the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the planter worm, palmer worm, sorry, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God and that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Hallelujah. Stand on it. God is faithful. He's a faithful God. Number 30, Jesus Christ has never changed. Could someone... Number 30, Jesus Christ has never changed. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Let me see, I might want to. Let's go up to let's go on up to verse one. And I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Let love for your fellow believers continue and be a fixed practice with you 
never let it fail. Do not forget or neglect, refuse to extend hospitality to strangers in the brotherhood, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing, and com sharing the comforts of your home and doing your part generously. For though it some, for the, for though, for through it, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison. If you were their fellow prisoner and those who are ill-treated since you also are liable to bodily sufferings. Let marriage be held in honor, esteemed worthy, precious of great price, and especially dear in all things. And, let, and thus let the marriage bed be undefiled, kept undishonored, for God will judge and punish in the unchaste all guilty of sexual vice and adulteress. Let your character and moral dis disposition be free from love of money, including greed, harvest, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. You know, God wants us to be satisfied. If a person is not satisfied with what they have, then he's not going to give them more. If you don't appreciate what you have and take care of it, then God's not going to pour more on you. Okay? Hang on, where was I? I know I'm here on, it was at verse 5. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I'm going to say this again. I will, here's God, says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So he says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless and forsake not, forsake nor let you down. That's the God we serve. He will never leave you. Never. How powerful. Okay, where was I first? What was I looking for? 13 what? Okay. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever to the ages. Do not be carried away about by different and varied and alien teachings. For it is good for the heart to be established and ennobled and strengthened by means of grace, God's favor, and spiritual blessings and not to be devoted to foods, rules, and diet, and ritual meals. 
and that's pretty heavy, which being no spiritual benefit or profit to those who observe them. Okay. We won't go any further into that one. I remember during the Jesus movement, everybody was supposed to, everybody went through a thing that I knew that were going vegan and they ate a lot of beans. <laughs> and I was making these, um, They used to call my cookies buffalo chips. Remember that? When I would make them, those healthy cookies, nobody ate them. We're not eating them. They look like buffalo chips. So don't let anybody try to push their way of their diet or whatever on you. But have confidence in God. I don't know how we got off in that. I guess reading down the Amplified. Number 31, God's highest wish for you is to be well and prosperous. And that's in 3 John 2. 3 John 2, God's highest wish is for you to be well. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. I'm going to look it up because I like to read what's before it and what's after it. Here I was trying to bake healthy for them and they were having no part of it. Okay. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Third John 1, 2, 3. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the word. No greater joy. That's powerful than to hear that my children walk in the word. Number 32, be anointed with oil by a Christian who believes in healing. James 5 14 and 15. Be anointed with oil by a Christian who believes in healing. James 5, 14 and 15. Come on, James, come out. Okay. Is anyone among you, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save, this is so powerful, the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. 
That's how powerful it is to call upon the elders of the church to anoint with you with oil. The healing comes, the manifestation comes, and if you've committed any sins, it'll be forgiven. You know, every day we do something that we don't realize we've done. When you come up in the line and you ask for prayer for healing, any sin in your life is forgiven you. That's how powerful this is. You know, God always has you do something for a reason. You know, when I first got saved, I, I had gone through my teenage years of rebellion, as some people do and some don't. But when I got saved, I saw, if you do this, I'll do this in, in the Word. And the rebellious ways started dropping off because I saw God means it. Nobody ever told me about tithing, so I was a $5 giver in the offerings until our pastor got up and spoke on tithing one day, and that was it. I saw it in the Word, and it settled it for me and have been ever since. Okay. So be anointed with oil by a Christian who believes in healing. Whenever there's a prayer line, we really need to get the oil. I'm just, you know, we need to grab the oil. That's very important, whoever's praying. And the person needs to be anointed with oil. I, I believe very heavily in that. Whoops, there goes the calendar. It's okay, Tara. We have, what, three more days on that one? 33, Jesus has already paid the price for your healing. Already paid it. We have to see that it's paid in full. Everything that, everything that he promised he would do in the, beth, the death, burial, and resurrection has been done and has been paid in full for us. The minute we received Jesus, we received what was already done, but we had to receive him and receive all this. And unfortunately, some people don't realize this. They've never been taught. 1 Peter 2.24. Let's look at that. And let's go up to verse 21. For even hereunto you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So this is the steps we're to follow here, okay? Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, or deceit. Deceit, guile is deceit. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Now that's hard. When you're reviled, what he wants us to do is pray about it. Just look at what, look at what Jesus did. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Instead of reviling or gossiping about it or, or whatever, he judged the set himself and the situation to God who judges fairly. And I've had many situations 
that I've had to just shut up and go to God and say, okay, Lord, in this situation, I'm asking you to judge because I know you judge fairly. To our righteous Father, committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were as sheep going astray, but now returned unto the shepherd, the bishop of your souls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He's the bishop of your soul. He's already paid the price for us. Note 34, be confident in your prayers. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Excuse me. And this is the confidence. I'm going to go up to 13. These things have I written unto you the same on the name of the Son of God. This is 1 John 5, 13. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know he heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Hallelujah. We, this, is a, this is so powerful. In the Amphite it says, And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any requests according to his will, in agreement with his own plans, he listens to and hears us. And since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge, that's the word, that we have, grant, that he, that we have granted us as present possessions, the requests made known of him. So when you take the word and you go to him with it and you make your request before him on the word of God, with the word of God, you know it's going to be answered if it lines up with the word. If you just throw out these requests out there and you don't have the word backing you, you know, many people ask for strange things. I've heard some good ones, and I've stopped and said, can you show me that in the Word? Well, I know it's there. You know, one of them is, um, oh, the one about godliness. Even know you know the one I'm talking about, godliness and holiness? There is a lot of things out there that aren't even in the Word. They'll say, the Bible says, okay. Be confident in your prayers. Be bold and daring, Daniel 11.32. Be bold and daring. God wants us to be daring. I always think of David when I think about daring. He runs down there and... <laughs> looks at his brothers and, and 
looks at all of Israel, the men of Israel. Why are you allowing this? I don't even want to say the word for it. Why are you allowing this person to, to come against God? When, when he comes against you, he's coming against God. Why are you allowing this? And Saul was fearful. So if your leader's fearful, you're going to be fearful. And that's the sad thing. If, if your leader is fearful, you're going to be fearful. You know, I, I'm going to throw this out here because there is, that's none of this going on here. But many times the man will say, I'm the head of the house. I'm the spiritual head of the house. And he, has, he doesn't even know what, what the word says. Well, he's not the spiritual head of the house if he doesn't know what the word says the woman is. And I've seen many times when the woman's had to take her authority and take authority over things in the home because the husband wouldn't. And that's, it's sad, but true. Somebody's got somebody's to become the spiritual authority in that home, and it's going to have to be the one that knows the word. An unbelieving husband is not going to know the word of God if you're a believer. And when, if you have kids, somebody's going to have to know how to pray for those kids. Because I had one on life support one time, and thank God, Pastor and I both knew how. He would have died. I knew, this is a horrible thing to say, but I knew if my ex-husband got there before I got there, he was going to tell them, pull the plug. Because that's, you know, he doesn't know the Lord. God is faithful. And the minute my husband prayed, he opened his eyes and shut him. Remember that? And it was a battle, but I knew, you know, on the way up, God spoke to me and he said, I'm going to tell you, He's of age, and it's up to him. And I said, I understand that. I said, I just want him to open his eyes and tell us if he doesn't want to live. That's all I ask. Well, that did not come out of his mouth, so praise God. He's alive. So we need to be bold and daring, Daniel 11.32. And in the age that we're in right now, I'm telling you, you're going to have to be bold and daring everywhere you go. You're going to have to be so bold, so full of the word, so bold and so daring. I don't want you to be obnoxious, but you need to be full of the word of God and know your rights and how to stand on them and how to walk in them. Are you cold? You sure? Okay. Daniel, what did I say? 11.32. How many know this one by heart? Anybody? I know you know this. And such do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. But the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But the people that know their God shall be strong and and do exploits. The king, the Amplified says, but the people, Daniel 11.32, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and stand firm and do exploits for God. That is powerful. So when you're at work, many of you are going to 
the more words you get in you and the more you operate in the word, the more he can promote you. The more he will promote you. That's why it's so important to know the word. Those of you that are, we're all working for salaries, but you're, you're wanting more money? Right here, this scripture right here is one you might want to stand on. For the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong and stand firm and do exploits for God. You'll be able to speak the word when situations go down. You know, and a lot of these so important that we know the word of God and brother I remember brother Haken saying that things were going to get very bad and there would only a remnant of word of faith people believing will turn it around so it's very important that we are strong in the word and do exploits through God through his word God's looking at you to be that one person in situations. To be bold and daring. Number 35. I, th I, always, I think about David. I mean, they all had swords. They had everything. They, you know, one giant and how many men of Israel... I mean, 50 of them could have probably taken him. Just, I mean, he was a giant. They probably stood at his waist. I don't know. I remember my brother teaching me how to fight and how to kick real well when I was young. So God wants you to be bold and daring with the word. Throw back your shoulders and say, if God says it's you, it's you. And he, he says you can do it. 35, God answers the prayer of those who keep his commandments. 1 John 3, 21 and 22. We know the first, Jesus said the, first, the commandment he wants us to do he wants us to do all of them, but is to walk in love with one another. Love each other as he loved us, right? Or as you love yourself. First John three twenty one. 
Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we, then love us not, then, wait a minute. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's powerful. Take this and stand on it this week. Beloved, if our heart condemneth not, then we, then have we confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in him. If there, you know, if you don't have any guilt about anything, if you, if, if all your sin is under the blood, you know, all the stuff we did in the past is under the blood, if you, but if you've done something and you haven't confessed it, but once you have, there is a confidence that you have because the enemy can't come at you with anything. And that's, that's what we want. That is abundant living in Christ. Because if he can't come with you and whisper, you can't do that because of blah, blah, blah. If, if there's no place open to the enemy, then you can walk right through and he cannot stop anything that God says can be done. Amen? And things are going to get heavier out there. Thank God for Billy Graham's life. I sat there when I heard that he had passed, got on to heaven. How, what a people he never knew came up and thanked him. I mean, can you imagine the multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people? First he met Jesus and hugged Jesus. But the multitudes, they're still coming up to him and thanking him. That's powerful. When you think about it, I want to, I started singing that song. Um, Thank you, Lord, for all you gave. I've sung it before. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I mean, that's so powerful. James 5.16. We're winding down pretty much here. James 5.16. We're still on. God answers the prayers of those who keep his commandments. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dy dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Elijah was a human being with with a nature such as we have, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. For three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced the crops as usual. 
That's powerful. He had feelings like us, affections, and a constitution like ours. One person prayed and it did not rain for three years and six months. You're, you have been put here. I'm saying this from the Lord, okay? You have been put here in this place at this time to learn the word of God, to go forth and do exploits daily. We're just the vessels that God has put here to teach you, but it's the Holy Spirit that's teaching you through us. But you've been put on this earth at this time to go, you've been given the word of faith, the truth, to go forth and do mighty exploits for God and to expect and see God turn things around. Billy Graham didn't know all those people that were out there. Reinhard Bonnke didn't know all those people that were out there that needed healing. But God did, because every hair on their head is numbered. God knows. Remember all the bones? When the God told the prophet, can these bones live? And they were scattered all over this whole place with bones. And he said, he, right answer, you know. And then they started coming together. One bone might have been, well, let's just take this room, clear at the back door and one here, and they just started coming together. When you speak to situations. The fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. 36. Fear is not of God, rebuke it. Fear will literally hold back your faith. It's like pulling down a shade on your, over your, on your faith. You can't see past the fear. We need to rebuke it. 2 Timothy 1.7 I think early in, when I was born again, early in my walk with the Lord, I read about Moses and how all the babies were to be killed and Moses' mother had this little had this basket and she puts this baby this newborn baby in the basket trusting God that that baby is going to become something special and puts it in the basket and just pushes it through and he ends up in the Pharaoh with the Pharaoh's daughter that's powerful that's putting your trust in God that is that is faith <laughs> 2 Timothy 1.7. How many can quote it? Anybody? Now. <laughs> Do it now. God has not what? Given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Is that what yours says? God has not given you a spirit. Remember, fear is a demonic spirit of fear but he's giving you power love and a sound mind fear is not of God rebuke it 37 cast down those thoughts and imaginations that don't line up with the word of God 2 Corinthians 10 4 and 5 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought, every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. So every thought, grab it, take a hold of it. Any thought that's, that's not of God, get it out of there. If you need to take it and pull it to the Word and say, this is what the Word says. Do not, do not think this thought again. This is what the Word says. Put the Word in there instead. And then meditate on it for that Word for a while that comes against what the enemy's thoughts have put in your mind. You just don't throw that scripture out one time. If the enemy's going to take the time to harass you with something, trust me, he's found a weak place in you, and so he's going to keep harassing you in that area until you do some, you or I do something about it. Do you all get it? The mind, the arena of faith. The, our mind is our arena of faith, and that's where all the warfare begins. And so we've got to watch what we put in our mind. Watch what we hear, watch what we see. Watch who we hang around. Romans 4, 17. Calleth those things that be not as though they were. Call those things that be not as though they were. Is that what your Bible says? Yes or no? Call those things that be not as though they are. Number 38. Be strong in the Lord's power. 38. Be strong in the Lord's power. Put on his armor to fight for healing. To fight for anything. You know, this is a, the minute you got saved, you became set apart. And the enemy knew, I don't, I don't own them anymore. They're not mine anymore. So I've got to try to get them back. So Ephesians 6. And you don't have to. You put your armor on once, then you make sure no holes get in it. You know, if you want to put it on every day, that's fine. Um, but you need to know it by heart. This is a scripture that you really need to know by heart. And when you see an area that the enemy's trying to get through in there, um, pull out that scripture and sap the enemy with it or the fiery darts that are coming at you, right? Fiery darts just come out of nowhere. How many have ever, I mean, you're just not even thinking on something and all of a sudden you get some stupid, crazy thought. I've never had the thought to go rob a bank. I can honestly tell you that thought has never hit me because I wouldn't do it. So what he does, he remembers your past or your family's past, and he's going to try to use that. Okay? If a person was a liar before they were a Christian, 
then he's going to try to pull that one as long as he can. He'll use deception or whatever, any way he can get in there, whatever. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 6, 10. In conclusion, in conclusion, or finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm reading what it says in the Amplified. Um, 11. Put, put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. Which who supplies? God supplies. That you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. For we wrestle not for we are wrestling, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against deficits, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world, leader, the world rulers in the present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly spiritual sphere. I'm going to say it now. When our last president was elected, I may as well say it, and his pastor damned America and then said the, what do you say, the, what do you call them? What? The chickens are coming to roost. That's right. The chickens came to roost. But nobody has, nobody's taking their authority to get rid of them. In other words, ISIS arrived. Now, it's up to us that have the word to get on our faces and pray and do whatever God says to do and pray for our president. He has not been a Christian all his life. If you th we think we go through stuff, how do you think he feels? He needs prayer backing him more than anything. But these things that are talked about here that I just read in Ephesians. Oh boy, what scripture? What was the last one I read, baby? Ephesians 6. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending with only physical opponents, but against the deficits, against the powers, against the master spirits, who are the world rulers of, the present, of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly spirit, spirit supernatural sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger, and having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place. Having done all the crisis demands, to stand firmly in your place.
Stand therefore, hold your ground, hold your ground having tightened the, the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. You're going to have to be walking with God morally to be able to combat in the spirit realm. I'm not into dragging spirits down out of heaven and beating them up and having warfare with them. They did that in the 80s, and that was ridiculous. But we are to be ready and prepared for whatever comes. Firm-footed stability, promptness, and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. We have to have our feet shod with a preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. Lift up over, lift up over all the covering shields of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the sword the spirit wields, which is the word of God. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, that to, to that end, keep alert, keep alert, keep alert, and watch with strong purpose, with perseverance, interceding in behalf of all saints, God's consecrated people. And pray also for us, that freedom of utterance may be given me, that I may open my mouth, proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> That's exciting. If all he's got is the chickens are coming to roost. Think of it, the chickens. No, God's people are in this country, and God we trust is on our money. Think of this. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. This stuff makes me mad because the body of Christ has got to rise up to who they are in power and might. You ready? Put on, be strong in the Lord's power. Put on his armor to fight for whatever comes at you. And you will win. You're a winner. You're more than a conqueror. Jesus was the conqueror. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Give your testimony of healing, deliverance, Whatever God's done for you in Revelations 12, 11. You know, some people don't like to give their testimony or what God's done to them because they feel like they're bragging. No, when you give your testimony and the things God's done for you, it builds everybody else's faith up. It really does. Hey, if, if, if God can do it for them, he's going to do it for me. Because we're, we're in one family here. 
He doesn't have favorites. And plan on it. This year is the, the year to go out and, and put, it on, put on the armor of God, put everything on that you know, and go out and bring it in. Amen? Revelation 12, 11. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Are you ready? Really, have you ever asked yourself, am I ready to die for Jesus? How many have ever asked yourself that? Just me? (laughs) I I mean, if someone came... I mean, Pat, this is pastor's feeling on tattoos, and I'm probably going to tick somebody off on the air, but I don't care. He's preparing for the mark. Things are becoming easier and easier, and, and the enemy's getting thoughts in people's minds, and they're, pre- they're preparing for the mark. Excuse me, I don't plan on being there, being here, but if that happened, are you strong enough in your faith where you can say no? So you're putting fearness. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you, are you strong enough in your faith where you can say no? We need to, we need to teach others that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and that don't, you know, we need to get as many saved as we can. Not just out, tell them about God. Everybody in this country knows about God. They need to know about Jesus. Okay, you ready? That was um, Revelation 12, 11. Give your testimony of your healing or your restoration or your victory or whatever. 40. We're on number 40. <laughs> I mean, 40. That was 30 years ago. Um, 40. Nahum 1, 9. Nahum 1, 9. You might have to go to the beginning of your Bible to look and see where Nahum is. That's just where I'm going. What? Well, what's the number? Nahum 1. Eleven ninety three, in our Bible. If you have our, um, if you have our Bible, eleven ninety three. I was almost there. All right, Nahum one nine. Here we go. How many have read Nahum this year? Anybody? What do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. What do you devise and how mad is your attempt to plot against the Lord? He will make a full end of Nineveh affliction, which, which my people shall suffer from. Assyria shall never rise up a second time. 
You've got to see whatever you've gone through and stand on the word of God. It will not rise. Like people that have had cancer. Once they're healed, it should never rise up again. This is a good scripture for them. This is a very good scripture to give them. Like Ezekiel 6, 16, 6. When people are bleeding, the blood is stayed. It's a very good scripture for them. What do you imagine against the Lord? How will he will make an utter and affliction shall not rise up the second time. Rejoice in the Lord and believe on this. A lot of times people are so afraid, and I hate to say this, fear tries to hit people. If you've ever gone through something and, you, and it looks like you're getting in the same situation again, the enemy will try to make you fear. And this is where you need to tell him, get away from me. You're not going to rise up again. You're not coming back. There's, there is a list that each one of us needs to make and, and write it down. This will never come back to my house or me again. It could be work. It could be anything. This is not coming back again. Always implement these steps. Okay, there's some steps here. It's going to be real quick. A or one. Go to God and seek his orders. That's number one in every situation. Go to God and seek his orders. Don't listen to other people's orders. Listen to God. No one has control over you but yourself and God. B. Keep your eyes focused on the word. Keep your eyes focused on the word. God will never, ever, 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 ever tell you to do something against his word, opposite of his word, ever. But if you don't know the word, this is going out all over. People can listen to this. You need to know the word. Get in a good faith church. C. Read and speak the word out loud over the situation. Be bold to confess what you possess. C. Read and speak the word out loud over the situation. D. See if you have any unforgiveness. Did you get all these so far? Or do I need to go back? See if you have any unforgiveness. If so, repent and forgive. Mark 11, 25 and 26. Do I need to go back on any of these? Anybody? You got them all. E. Be a confessor of the word. And not. 
the symptoms or the situation or the negative situation. You need to confess what you want, what the Word says you're believing for. Because you can easily get into a poor me syndrome, and I will tell you, that will get into murmuring and complaining so fast you won't believe it. And that stupid spirit will follow you wherever you go, from place to place. So go home, ask God, if any places I've missed it, confess it, search the scripture on it, and kill it. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, kill it. See it dead, it's dead. Be a confessor of the word and not the symptoms or what's going on. F. Always have continual praise come forth out of your mouth. Always have continual praise coming forth out of your mouth. Psalms 145.2. I know I'm going longer than pastor. You had. Vacation. <laughs> Just kidding. I like your sermons, honey. They're excellent. Every day I will bless thee. 145.2. Let's go to one. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Two, every day I will bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be, to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. That's a good one for you. His greatness is unsearchable. All he's constantly doing is wanting to pour. He's wanting us to speak the word to him because that's what motivates him and that's what gets him to work. I mean, that's, that's what... There's a language that God listens to, okay? And that's his word. It's that simple. You can whine, cry, bawl, carry on, throw a fit, do whatever, murmur, complain. He's not listening. I can't hear you. I don't know that language is what, where God is. The language that God knows is his word, and that's what he will move on. And we need to get that straight. We need to get that straight. He moves on his word. Or his, or the, his word causes the blessings to come. Because it's already been done. And so when you tell someone, or when you speak forth the word of God, God has to do it. He's not a man that he should lie. He has to do it. Okay? Every day, bless and praise him. 2018 is the year to break forth and move up and over the elements of the past.